Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. The death toll from the 2019 novel coronavirus outbreak in mainland China has risen to 908. That's the latest figures from the end yesterday. The number of new deaths yesterday rose by 97. This, according to the National Health Commission, across mainland China, there were over 3,000 new confirmed infections yesterday, bringing the total number so far to over 40,000. Meanwhile, in Singapore, the total number of people People infected here has grown to 43, according to the Ministry of Health. A 71-year-old grandfather and a Bangladeshi worker are among three new coronavirus cases confirmed here yesterday. The third case is a 54-year-old Singaporean man who works at Resorts World Sentosa. To find out more about the impact on businesses and how businesses can protect their workers and the impact on the expatriate community as well, we're speaking with Lee Quain, Regional Director for Asia at ECA International. National. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm fine, thank you very much, Michelle. How are you? Doing well. Good to hear you well too. So, what are the most immediate impact, as you see it, the short-term impact for on the coronavirus for expatriates and businesses? So, in terms of expatriates, there are a few things that I think companies or organisations need to be aware of. First and foremost, it's the importance is to make sure that expatriates, as with all employees, to be honest, feel as if they're safe and they're secure, and that their companies are going to help them when it comes to managing the impact of the coronavirus. One of the issues associated with, or one of the issues that many expatriates will be thinking about, I believe, particularly in locations like Singapore, Hong Kong, mainland China, is the impact that it's going to have on not just them but also their families. Particularly expatriates who are currently based in places like Hong Kong and mainland China, where schools have been put on a prolonged period of vacation. So many expatriates will be thinking about: Should I be sending my family back home? And if so, what precautions do I need to be taking, and what type of assistance will my employer be providing with me in order to protect the well-being of my family? So companies can do better in terms of open lines of communication and perhaps sharing what are the possible plans ahead should that need to take place with expatriates. That's exactly it. Yes. All right. So, which groups of employees do you see as as most affected by the the outbreak currently? So the groups that are most affected are first and foremost, obviously, business travellers. Most most organisations have enforced a ban, a travel ban on staff going to mainland China. Also, for those who have been there during the commencement of the outbreak of the virus, they're obviously going to be affected. Obviously, not necessarily be infected by the by the disease itself or by the virus itself, but they would have been affected. So, business travellers will. Be Be affected. Firstly, those who typically or frequently travel to mainland China, this will have an impact on them. For those who have come back, then many organisations in many countries have enforced or implemented a self-quarantine situation where many employees have had to work from home for a period of up to 14 days. So it's important for organisations to facilitate this, so to make sure that employees can actually comfortably work from home, that they actually also have the support from the organisation to do so, and not just in terms of the logistical support to be able to work from home, but also the medical support. So companies, I think, need to be a bit more proactive in terms of ensuring that employees who are self-quarantined 
have the capabilities to be able to work from home safely and in a way in which they're not necessarily putting their family in danger as well. Mm-hmm. That also extends to making sure, providing guidelines to employees who are under um, self-quarantine in terms of trying to encourage them to limit their movement both in the home as well as if they do need to go outside, um, making sure that they do so at times which limit their need to interact with lots of other people. So obviously, if they do need to go outside, to do so in non-peak periods, again, to reduce that risk of a potential for a spread in the unlikely event that a business traveler who's come back from China is actually carrying the virus. Yeah, it's tough for companies trying to find the right balance or strike the right balance between ensuring business continuity and taking care of the risks as they emerge and we find out more about this virus. What do you think? Do you have some advice on how they can walk that line? Yes, I mean, on the one hand, I think companies have to do what they can to try and reduce the risks to their employees. So there are several things that we've seen companies do recently. They've obviously done things such as promote home working, promoting also flexible work arrangements. So this is giving the employees the ability to either come into the office early in the morning or come into the office late in the morning so that then that, that minimizes their contact with people during peak travel times. Mm. Also to popularize, obviously, good hygiene practices. So many organizations that we work with have taken to organizing workshops or educating or rather reminding their employees of the importance of good hygiene when they're at the office as well. But also to ensure that there are very there are supplies of medical items at the office. So, you know, we've been talking or you've been talking with the previous caller about things such as the scarcity of certain medical supplies, such as obviously face masks. But so organisations should do what they can to make sure that there's a there's a good supply of these at the office, mm. so that employees do have that. But also at the same time, employees should be aware of the fact that while companies should try and promote more, you you know, these types of opportunities that I've just mentioned. At the same time, I think companies do also need to remind their employees of the fact that ultimately this is going to have an impact on their businesses. Now, certain businesses are going to be more affected than others by the outbreak of the coronavirus. But I think companies also need to make employees aware of the fact that by embracing these more flexible working environments to, you know, to improve or to reduce the risk of, of employees being affected. Mm-hmm. At the same time, employees have to be responsible when they're working away from home, or sorry, when they're working away from the office, when they're working from home, or if they're working in these more flexible working environments, that employees should be doing as much as they can to uh, ensure that this doesn't have a negative impact on their productivity. Because obviously, ultimately, many companies are going to be financially impacted by this. And so companies need to remind their employees of this. Speaking of the impact, I understand that many Chinese cities saw a rise in your livability rankings, according to the ECA's 2019 cost of living survey. What is your reading on the impact that this is going to have on China's attractiveness to expatriates and the business community? In terms of its attractiveness to expatriates, I think obviously there is going to be a short-term impact. Mm. 
We've seen this in the past. You know, pandemics are not anything new. We've seen pandemics in recent years in places like Africa with Ebola. We've had Middle Eastern respiratory syndrome all the way back to SARS in 2003. And from our experience, normally in the initial period afterwards, there is often an increased reluctance or much more in the way of caution amongst expatriates who may have an offer from their employers to go and work in in locations where which are obviously the epicenter of the outbreak so obviously in the case of of china there is going to be i think a reluctance or reticence amongst um, employees who who have been requested by their companies to go and work there so companies once again need to make sure that they are taking efforts to ensure that if they do send staff into China in the coming months, that, that employees are being well looked after. I think also many companies are probably going to be putting on hold any new assignments into China, at least until this outbreak subsides. And organizations or experts are mixed in terms of when they think that may happen. Some are optimistic and think it will happen sometime between now and the end of February, and we'll see an improvement after February. Others are a little bit more pessimistic and see that it may be two or three months before anything happens again, or rather things actually start to come under control. So that's obviously going to have an impact on companies and their ability to send staff into China. Mm. But for those who are in China, um, once again, I think many people in in organizations within HR departments and also within uh, more commercial departments, I think they'll need to make sure that their expatriate staff that they have there and are continuing to live and work in China feel comfortable and feel as if they are being very well looked after by the organization. Indeed. When we usually cross to you, Lee, you join us from Hong Kong. Are you working from home in Hong Kong? I'm actually in the office. We do have in our organization a voluntary working from home, you know, working from home situation. Myself, it's actually easier for me to work from the office because I'm actually, I actually live relatively close to the office and I can actually come to the office without actually going on public transport. So Mm. it's actually easier for me. But many of my, my colleagues have actually taken advantage of efforts or sorry our offer for them to work from home if they do feel it's, it would actually be of benefit to them to do so. And I suppose on your stroll to, to the office what is the mood on the ground as you detect it? It's much more quiet than it is normally. Mm. People are generally a little bit more I suppose Hong Kong doesn't have its vibrancy that it that it typically has. Right. People are just generally going about their business as they as they see as they need to do so. But yeah, there's none of this vibrancy that we normally associate with Hong Kong. All right. Well, stay healthy and thank you for joining us. You too, Michelle. Thank you, Lee Queen, the Regional Director Asia for ECA International. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.